I want to invite you to take your Bible and stand. Would you do that? Take your Bible and stand. And we're going to Luke chapter 2, and I want to call your attention to verse 7. This is what the Bible says. It says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want to take a few moments, and I want to talk to you about what God wants to give you for Christmas what God wants to give you for Christmas a little boy crawled up on Santa's lap and he said to Santa he said Santa are you a politician <laughs> Santa said no son I'm not a politician why would you ask me that he said Santa because you always promise more than you deliver amen <laughs> Christmas gifts 2002, a good friend of mine sent this to me, and I've kept it through the years. It said, hello, this is the FBI. Yes, what do you want? The man said, I'm calling to report about my neighbor, Billy Bob Smith. He's hiding marijuana inside his firewood. Thank you very much for the call, sir. The next day, the FBI agents descended on Billy Bob's house. They searched the shed where the firewood was kept. Using axes, they bust open every piece of wood. But they found no marijuana. They swore at Billy Bob real hard, and then they left. The phone rings at Billy Bob's house. Hey, Billy Bob, did the FBI come? Yeah. Did they chop your firewood? Yep. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buddy. Well, anybody that knows Pastor Benny knows this about Pastor Benny. I love to give gifts to people. I love to give gifts, and I, I love to give people gifts that have somewhat of a meaning to them. That's a, that's a joy in my life is to give people a, a sentimental gift that perhaps will live on long after me. And I remember one year on Christmas, I opened a gift, and I opened the gift up, and I thought this was neat. It was a gift from my assistant, Julie Farr, who's worked with me for 15 years and done a wonderful job. But I opened the gift up, and this was the gift. I opened it up, and I said, it's a, it's a picture of Santa Claus. <laughs> I said, well, that's neat. I don't know that anybody's ever given me a gift, a picture of Santa Claus, but that's wonderful. But then I got to looking at that gift. And I said, that Santa Claus is Roscoe Cross. That's, that's not the real Santa Claus, by the way. That's Roscoe Cross. 
And I said, yes, that, that's Roscoe, and I'm Roscoe's pastor, and that's so neat. And then I thought, now, but that was made, that picture was made in Don Thomas's house. Don Thomas had a big part in me coming to Rock Springs Church 27 years. And folks, I say this unequivocally, probably, probably had it not been for Don Thomas, I would have not stayed here 27 years. He had that kind of impact on my life. And then in this home also, that's where Barbara spent her very first night. Her very first night in Georgia. It's special to me because Barbara stayed in that home our very first night here. And then I got to looking on the hearth. And I said, my goodness, that's Barbara when she was a pretty little girl. And that's Savannah when she was a pretty little girl. Then there's me. <laughs> and then I said, my goodness, that clock right there, that was my biological father's clock. He, he worked on clocks. He was real good with his hands. I mean, literally, he could fix and repair anything, and that was handed down to me. And that clock was given to me by my brother, and my brother and my father both passed away, so that means a lot to me. And then I thought, my goodness, there's my Tennessee rug. That's the Tennessee rug that's in my bathroom. And then I said, there, Dot Mountain Dew. That's what the angels drink. <laughs> but not only Dot Mountain Dew, banana pudding. Because every Christmas Eve, that's what we leave out for Santa. Because Santa likes, forget those cookies. He don't like cookies. He likes banana pudding. And then my Bible Every year at Christmas, before we open the gifts, my family, we always read the Christmas story. We pray and thank God for the gifts. We sing happy birthday to Jesus, and then we open up the gifts. And I realized something. I, thought, I just thought it was a picture of Santa. I just thought that she had given me a picture of Santa. But it's really a very special gift. And every year, Barbara gets it out, and she puts it on the end table, and I'm reminded of all these things. But you know, folks, initially, I almost missed it. I almost missed the specialness of the gift. And you know what I believe? I believe Christmas comes, and God wants to give us some things for Christmas, I believe God wants to give us some special things. And that's what I want to talk to you about. What God wants to give you for Christmas. But I am convinced sometimes we miss what God wants to give us. See, I think the first thing that God wants to give us for Christmas is God wants to give us forgiveness. God wants to give us forgiveness this Christmas. See, verse 11 said... A Savior is come. Why do I need a Savior? Why do you need a Savior? Why did a Savior need to come? I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, why a Savior needed to come. A Savior needed to come because every one of us need forgiveness. Santa got a letter one time. It said, Dear Santa, 
There are three little boys that live at my house. There's Jeffrey, he's two. There's David, he's four. And there's Norman, he's seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. <laughs> but Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. You know what the truth is, folks? None of us are Normans. None of us are Normans. See, heaven was a perfect place. It was a perfect place. It is a perfect place. And folks, let me tell you something. For God to let me or God to let you into heaven, we would imperfect it. Because, folks, we're not perfect people. So if heaven's perfect and God's perfect and Jesus is perfect, there's no way for me to get to heaven because I'm imperfect. But you know what God said? God said, i got a plan B. <laughs> I've got a plan B. And my plan B is I'm going to send Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is going to become the Savior for our sins. See, folks, I couldn't go to heaven, and I can't go to heaven on my ticket. But I can go to heaven on Jesus' ticket. And 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What does that mean? That means when Jesus went to the cross, he got my sin. When Jesus went to the cross, he took my sin. But ladies and gentlemen, as a 16-year-old boy, when I accepted Jesus Christ, I got his righteousness. See, let me tell you, what God's given to you this Christmas and what God wants to give you this Christmas, God wants to give you forgiveness. See, somebody said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But ladies and gentlemen, our greatest need was forgiveness, and that's why he sent a Savior. I am so glad today that Jesus Christ did not come, ladies and gentlemen, to rub our sins in. He came to rub them out. I'm grateful Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. See what God wants to give us this Christmas. He came to give forgiveness to sinners. But I'll tell you something else. Not only did he come to give forgiveness to sinners, but he came to give forgiveness to saints. He came to give forgiveness to saints. See, folks, I'd like to tell you that since I came to know the Lord, everything's just been wonderful. But I want you to know something. I've messed up some along the way. But I'm grateful that 1 John 2 and 1 says, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm glad Christmas reminds us that God forgives sinners. Oh, yes, he does. But never lose thought of the fact God also forgives saints. He forgives Christians that have messed up because he's that kind of God. 
What God wants to give us for Christmas, he wants to give us forgiveness. But let me tell you something else. He came not only to give you forgiveness, but he came to give you eternal life. Eternal life. See, John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, whether we like it or not, folks, we're dying. I read this week the doctor who developed the bear hug. When people are choking, this guy developed the bear hug, and they said it had literally saved thousands of people's lives. The bear hug. Well, that's pretty neat. But you know this? The doctor who developed the bear hug, he died too this week. He died too. I read last week where life expectancy for the first time since 1993 has decreased. See, folks, I know people that are 47. I know people that are 57 that are trying to look 29, but they don't. No, they really don't, especially when you get up close. Amen? No, 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 no. Quit fighting it. I mean, just, just, hey, listen, folks, let me tell you something. There is a blessing in every season of life. You've just got to find the blessing in every season of life. I saw this story this week, and I thought, that's a great story. It's a story about Arthur Thomas. I want to share the story with you. To make her wedding day perfect, Jenny Stepien had a man walk her down the aisle she'd met the first time just the day before. Hi! But Jenny was positive she could trust Arthur Thomas's heart. Jenny's dad, Michael Stepien, was killed in a robbery near Pittsburgh 10 years ago. Hundreds of miles away in Philadelphia, Arthur Thomas's failing heart had him on a transplant waiting list, but hope was slipping away. I was on death's door when, when he was uh, murdered and I needed a heart or I was going to be dying within the next few days. Fast forward a decade to a letter Jenny mailed to Arthur Thomas. And she said, Dear Tom, I'm the daughter of the man whose heart's inside you. Would you walk me down the aisle? Which is how Jenny Stepien got to have her father's beating heart with her for the biggest moment of her life. That's how hearts were both breaking at this wedding Saturday and filled to the brim as well. Here's what's amazing, folks. Here's, that's a beautiful story, Pastor Benny, how that man received a physical heart. What a precious gift. But, folks, what a greater gift that God's given us. He's given us eternal life. That is to say, because of Jesus Christ's coming, we're never going to die. What God has given us this Christmas, he's given us forgiveness. He's given us eternal life. 
Let me give you the last thing that God's given us. God's given us peace of mind. Peace of mind. You know, I heard about this dad who kept bringing his work home. <laughs> and his son said, Dad, why do you keep bringing your work home? He said, because I've got so much to do at work. He said, well, Dad, why don't you have them put you in a slower group? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes with life, you wish you could get in a slower group. You just long for peace. But I love what the Scripture says there in Luke 2.14. It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know what Jesus Christ is giving us this year, folks? Jesus said, I came to give you peace. I love what John 14 and 27 says. Jesus said these words. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Think about this, folks. When Jesus Christ was here, if he was in one location, he was in one location. When Jesus Christ was here, folks, if he was in Bethlehem, he couldn't be in Jerusalem because it was six miles away. If he was in Bethlehem, he was in Bethlehem. But when he went away, his spirit came. And he can be everywhere. And he can give you peace. Get this, folks. That verse says in John 14 and 27, I don't give you peace like the world gives. See, a lot of people out in this world, they're hunting peace. They're hunting peace. I heard about a young preacher who had his first communion service. It was his first church, and it was candlelight communion, and he took a candle, and he said, we're going to pass the candle all around, and we're going to celebrate communion. They took the candle. They passed it throughout the congregation. And then after everything was over, he said, now that we're all lit, we're going to sing joy to the world. You know how a lot of people are celebrating Christmas? We're all lit. So we find peace through getting lit. We find comfort. I, I think there's an, a brand of alcohol Cameron tells me about, Southern Comfort. He can't take it, but he might as well learn to. Amen? <laughs> no, no. They're trying that. People are trying relationships. They're trying this and they're trying that. And this, oh, if I, can just, if I can just acquire this, if I can just go there, if I, if I can just accomplish this, if I, if I can just get that job, if I can just get in this relationship, if I can just get out of that relationship. No, no, no. Folks, that's not where peace comes from. Peace is through Jesus Christ. See, there are three types of peace. There's spiritual peace. That's eternal. Understand, folks, spiritual peace is eternal peace, and that's peace with God. You're separated from God until you come to know Christ. But what Jesus Christ did, he reconciled us to God. That's spiritual peace. But there's emotional peace. 
That's internal peace. That's peace within me. Colossians 3 and 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. There are 790 verses in the Bible on peace. Let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God umpire. The umpire says when the game starts. The umpire says when the game ends. And then, folks, there's relational peace. That's external peace. That's peace with others. <laughs> and sometimes, folks, that's difficult. Amen? <laughs> Somebody said to live above, to live above with the saints we love, that's going to be glory. <laughs> but to live below with the saints we know, that's a different story. <laughs> and this is all I'm going to say about it, folks. The farther I get away from God, the more my relationships get messed up with others. The farther I get away from God, the more my relationships get messed up with others. Because, see, folks, now I'm not going to camp long, but there are three things that will steal your peace this Christmas. There are three things that will rob you of your peace this Christmas. It's not in your sermon notes, but I promise you these three things will rob you of your peace. The first thing that will rob you of your peace is guilt will rob you of your peace. Guilt will rob you of your peace. You say, Pastor, how to, how to overcome the guilt? Psalms 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Let me tell you something. John 8 and 32 says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You quit listening to yourself and you start talking to yourself, and you tell yourself, God has forgiven me. And if God has forgiven me, I am forgiven. If God has forgiven me, I am forgiven. And let me share something with you folks. If somebody you know has messed up and they've done something in the past, quit bringing that up. There's nothing any more defeating than somebody bringing something up that we can't do anything about. There's nothing any more defeating than somebody bringing something up that we can't do anything about. And I want to say something to you folks. You say, but Brother Benny, I can't forgive myself. If a holy God, if a perfect God has forgiven you, you can forgive yourself. Because if you don't forgive yourself, you're saying your standard is higher than God's. See, I'll tell you what will rob you of your peace. Guilt will rob you of your peace. Tell you what else will rob you of your peace. Grief will rob you of your peace. It may be a death. It may be an abandonment. It may be a divorce. You say, what do you do, Pastor? 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You say, how am I going to get through? How am I going to get through the grief? You give it to the Lord. You give it to the Lord. And then Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, 
I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, I'm going to forget those things which are behind. And I'm going to reach forth into those things which are before. I'll tell you what will rob you of your peace this Christmas. Guilt will rob you. Grief will rob you. But i tell you something else will rob you of your peace. Grudges will rob you of your peace. Grudges will rob you of your peace. I was talking to a young man this week, and he said, Brother Benny, you know what I like about your preaching? He said, you just preach out of where you live. You just preach out of where you live. And folks, let me tell you something. I had something this year happen to me. I had a hurt that happened to me. I had a hurt. And you said, Brother Benny, this, this person hurt you and they done you wrong, and I know you're a man of God that gets in sackcloth and ashes, and after that person hurt you, you just wanted to hug them and love them and pray for them. No, no. No, to be transparent with you, I want to take my fist. I wanted to bust them right in the nose and get it start bleeding. That's what I wanted to do. I'm just preaching where I live. Now, some of you are looking at me like you're holier than that, but God will forgive you for that line. But you know what? I went several days with that attitude, but that attitude was not right, and my heart was not right, and I had no peace in my heart. And folks, I wouldn't tell you if I didn't have... I'm not saying this to brag on because I didn't do what was right. I was angry. But I got down in my office on my knees and I got right. You said, but Brother Benny, no, no, that person was still wrong. I'm not justifying what they did. But here's what I had to realize. I'm destroying me. I'm stupid to their level. I'm getting on that level. And I can't even have the right relationship with God because you listen to me very closely. Guilt, grief, and grudges will take the peace out of your life. You say, Pastor Benny, how can I have peace? I really want peace. Let me give you three steps, and I want to give you these verses first because this is important. Matthew 11 and 28, listen to what it says. I've read these verses. I've memorized these verses. You probably have too, but they really became applicable to me this week. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. And you shall find rest for your souls. Folks, I've probably read those verses a thousand times, and probably you have too. But I never noticed till this week. It said you'll find rest for your souls. Not a physical rest, not a siesta. You'll find rest for your souls. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Where people need rest, where people need peace is in their mind, their will, and their emotions. 
You say, I got an ulcer. I got a physical problem. You didn't get the ulcer from what you're eating. You got the ulcer from what's eating you. 75 to 90% of physical problems are stress-related. 75 to 90%. Oh, we're dealing, we're dealing with surface, but there's a root problem there. So how do I find peace? It's, it's in those verses, folks. Number one, come to Jesus. Come unto me. Folks, peace is not in a peel. Peace is not in a patch. Peace is not in a program. Peace is not in a philosophy. Peace is in a person, Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus. Step number two, connect with Jesus. Notice what it says. Take my yoke upon you. Now, when it's talking about a yoke there, folks, it's not talking about a part of an egg. No, it's not. It's talking about a wooden frame. It's talking about a wooden frame that hooks up two oxen. That yoke connects two oxen. Now, here's what you got to understand. Before the yoke can go on the ox. The ox has got to submit. Let me tell you something, folks. If we're going to have peace in our lives, we got to submit to the yoke. That is to say, we got to quit. I'm doing this. I'm going here. I'm planning to do this. No, no, no. It's what God wants with your life. It's what God wants is what counts. You got to, hey, no, no, I don't care if Elvis did it his way. You got to do it God's way. You got to do it God's way. You got to submit and say, God, I want what you want more than I want what I want. I'm willing to put on the yoke. Now, look, but you put on the yoke, and it's put on between two oxen. What does it actually do, Pastor Benny? I'll tell you what it does. It lightens the load. It lightens the load. Take my yoke upon you. What's the Lord saying to us? He's saying, I'm willing to lighten your load. Step number one, come to Jesus. Step number two, connect with Jesus. Step number three, Commit to Jesus daily. Look what the verse says. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You want more peace in your life? Learn of him. And I never made this connection before, folks. This is all I'm going to say. Jesus said, he talked all this about peace and all this about rest. And then he said these words. He said, I'm meek and lowly. I'm humble. I'm gentle. Why did he say that? Why did he say, I'm humble and I'm gentle? 
I realized something. You know what's causing your stress and what's causing my stress and why we don't have peace? It's because of our arrogance. And before you get offended, the root of every sin is pride. It's because of our arrogance and our aggression. Why don't we have peace? Our arrogance many times and our aggression. But Jesus said, if you'll become like me, you'll become gentle. You'll become humble. How can we have more peace in our lives? By becoming more like Jesus Christ. See, folks, as we started out, I looked at that picture, and to be honest with you, initially, I missed it. I thought it was just a picture of Santa Claus. I missed it. And you know what I believe? I believe sometimes at Christmas we really miss the gifts that God's trying to give to us. Because what God wants to give us this year for Christmas is He wants to give us forgiveness. What God wants to give us for Christmas, He wants to give us eternal life. What God wants to give you this year for Christmas is He wants to give you a peace of mind. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.